What's up, everybody? This is the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AEW review for June 18th, I think it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, this was a, uh, this is the final recorded no fans episode of the pandemic era. What a time to be alive. Um, very excited for this. Um, we got some big, big news this week that AEW is going... Wait, I haven't introduced you. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, Mike? I thought we were just jumping into it. I was ready to go, ready to talk. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing just fine. This was E3 week. It was fun. It was, it was sort of the... It, it's the pandemic era of E3 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Where, so, like a, it was kind of wrestling. weird. There was a lot of Sorry. good highs at E3, but... It was kind of a lull year, but the goods were really good. Like, if I found a bunch of stuff that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like they're kind of spinning their wheels, similar to wrestling, waiting mm-hmm. for uh, things to get back to normal. It's yeah. uh, quite similar in that respect. Um, yeah. So uh, the big news we got this week was um, AEW is going to be running New York and. They're not just running New York. They are running Arthur Ashe Stadium, which as a I grew up a tennis fan, so I would watch the US Open in Flushing Meadows, Queens, New York. That stadium is beautiful, is perfect for wrestling. Um they couldn't have gotten a better venue and I saw through Twitter, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm. I feel bad. Starts with a Z. His last name. I think he's one of the guys from the Matman podcast. Okay. I believe. Um, he said that because uh, he knows a little bit about event spaces and specifically those that are registered through like the park registration mm-hmm. stuff. Is that the New York and that that registration has not allowed people to run events at Arthur Ashe Stadium for about 20 years. Wow. Outside of wrestling. Like it's a park. Like they don't they they have to grant you permission to do it and they have shut down event after event after event. And his suspicion was that it was due to the pandemic and them needing money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also Tony Khan was on uh, podcasts this week saying that he actually had it lined up for 2020 as well. So, I mean, the pandemic was alive during 2020, but he he had it lined up, so this was kind of delayed yeah. a bit until now. So who knows? But this is going to be incredible. We there's a lot of New York talent on this roster. Yeah, Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz the most prominent ones that they will get the biggest pop imaginable. Yeah. I think if you're ever going to put the, the belt on Santana or Ortiz, it'd be at that show. Oh man. That's that time. That'd be you amazing. Could also put the, you could also put the TNT title on Kingston at that time. Um, but there's also John Silver is from New York. I believe MJF is from New York Taz is from New York. There's a lot of people from New York yeah. on this roster that will get 
Kings welcomes, but like specifically Queens, New York. Um, I'm quite sure that that is where specifically where either Santana and Ortiz or Kingston is from. They're from Queens. Mm. Peter Parker. Too. One. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Right, I forgot. They it's not a made up city mm-hmm. for Peter Parker. It's yeah. uh, it's Queens, New York. Yeah, most Marvel yeah. cities are are real cities. They don't have real countries, but except for like America and England, but they'll have real cities. Yeah, so the that's uh, that's huge news. That's mm-hmm. going to be and they're saying that it's going to it's not going to be they're not using the full stadium cuz you can't for wrestling. You can't use it cuz you have to mark it off, but they are going to be running their biggest show, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be around like 16,000. Wow. That's like WWE pay-per-view numbers. Yeah, no, it's the biggest show they will mm-hmm. have ever run. And they can do it. They can uh, they can sell that out if they build it properly, and it looks like they're going to be, because the uh, the go-home to, to that is all these big shows <laughs> leading up to mm-hmm. it. And it, it's like the... Uh, I don't know. It's going to be incredible. I, I bet cannot you get wait. Kingston versus Omega and Proud and Powerful versus the Young Bucks at that show for sure. Yeah, and it's going to be. It could be FTR versus Santana Ortiz, but I believe that FTR and Santana and Ortiz are going to be going in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and then Santana Ortiz probably win, and then they end up facing the Young Bucks. In New York. Yep. That's where I do that. Then winning the titles in New York would be fantastic. That place. And they're calling it Grand Slam, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the Grand Slam of uh, of tennis. I love it. Yeah. I wonder if they'll... It's um, a... I was going to say, I wonder if they'll bring any more uh, outside talent. Like if we see any New Japan guys show up. We might. We might. There's that um, Madison Square Garden history there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bucks tweet, or changed their header... Uh, maybe we'll sell out another New York venue and then not show up or something like that. Talking mm-hmm, about that. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, it's something to really think about. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm just looking at the audio. I'm not sure if it's recording me. It looks like it is. Is it? Yeah, my end. You're, look- you're getting ups and downs. Oh, on on when under Mike Fenn, mm-hmm. it's giving me okay because it's only giving me you on mine. Oh yeah, I see both. Okay, so it must be fine. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, so let's. Uh, Wardlow versus Hager was the first match here. Um, this was another. This is another episode of AW spinning their wheels a little bit, not quite as much, but you can tell that they're holding back. Yeah. And this match was an experiment. This was a match that they could they could really only do this match in the pandemic era recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that it executed the way I would like it to, but. Um, I'll start with what I liked about it. Actually, let, let me get your thoughts on this match first. Uh, I like the match. Uh, okay, I didn't really like the outcome, but with them boosting it as an MMA fight, then I kind of figured who was going to win because they got to keep 
his record clean, but I liked it. Some of the worked punches weren't as good as you would have liked for this type of match, but it was it was fun. I liked watching Wardlow just power around Hager a lot. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the whole presentation. It's kind of cool seeing an octagon in there. I'm not a huge MMA fan. I don't know like all the rules and stuff. So I I would have liked to seen it as blood sport. If you've never watched mm-hmm. those shows, it's where they take all the ropes off the ring and then they kind of do this what they call the worked shoot style, where it looks like a real fight, but it's worked like a wrestling match. But this was fun. It it could have been better. Uh, maybe not as many strikes and more a little ground game, but I liked it enough. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, the what was tough for me was I didn't I thought the punches sorry, let me start with what I liked. What I what I liked about this, I really liked the presentation of the match. I thought the presentation was really cool. I thought that the split screen intro was really cool. I thought them being seconded by their by their one person to the ring was really was really great. I love the way the refs were different. Um, the the announcer was emulating MMA announcing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the look of the the ring, the cage, the octagon was really cool. And like you said, I thought they did really well when they were doing their their grappling. Not so much the strikes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I thought the strikes, like, they looked like they were never meant to connect. Yeah. Um, They were always very looping, very slow. It made them look sluggish, and it made them look gassed when we'd seen them have longer matches than this, so we know that they're not gassed. Mm -hmm. But they look like they're gassed. Yeah, Um, especially Hager. He looked really gassed, but I... I guess, really in MMA, he's, yeah, I guess in MMA, he's known for getting gas pretty quick, too. That's why I saw people on Twitter talking about, like I said, I don't really watch MMA. So uh, another thing I did, like the ref shirts were different. They look like the MMA yes. style ref shirts. Those That was good. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was weird. Like in in Bloodsport and in um, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, this is why they do the open handed why why you're not allowed to do closed fists because mm-hmm. you can lay in your shots a bit more. Yeah. Like, cause they're kind of, they're kind of slapping and it, sometimes it looks silly. And I find that the, those matches work 25% of the time. So even blood sport, the people that do yeah. it right, they're only hitting on like 25% mm-hmm. success rate. A lot of them, like you kind of have to skip ahead to the guys who really know how to do it. Well, the benchmark, as you pointed out, to me earlier is Minoru Suzuki versus Josh Barnett yeah. is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Moxley's good at it as well. Yeah. Like these guys will bust each other open mm-hmm. in these matches. Um, they are just laying in these slaps. Like they look hard where sometimes it's like, Oh, these, these guys don't look like they're hurting each other. Yeah. At all. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly in NXT is really good at it. He, all his strikes are always open palm, I think, for that reason, because he can make it look like he's being a little mm-hmm. bit more stiff than, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, ma- this match, generally, it didn't, it didn't look good. It, I didn't think it had any urgency. Um, I think it was an experiment that they should not touch again. Well, because they... The, tried it 
last year when Hager got a world title shot, that was pretty MMA style. Him and um, him and Moxley, Mox, yeah, in the the empty arena, that yeah. didn't work either. Yeah, yeah, Just, it's I don't know. it's Stop a hard thing to do. Hager yeah, <laughs> these matches, it's a hard thing to pull off. So I mean, they've tried it two different ways now. Maybe do it in like a dimly lit room, like when you kind of watch blood sport and stuff. So you can't really; it's hard to see. Well, I mean, the thing is, they've got guys like Moxley and Kingston and um, the Butcher who have been in Bloodsport, mm-hmm. so they can tell them how to do it. Yeah, I know that they watch Bloodsport because they've brought a bunch of people in mm-hmm. from Bloodsport. And they had Butcher's Bloodsport match. It was on that same show as Suzuki versus uh, Barnett, and his match was really good too. They had Lindsay Snow as well mm-hmm. on the show. They've had Allison Kay. Allison Kay, Nicole Savoy. So they've had people who have been in it. So I know that they've watched Bloodsport. I know that they know what it, what it should look like. This is not what it should look like. Mm-hmm. This looked like two gassed gorillas throwing windmills. Yeah, at each other. It, it was it was not good. Um, some people liked it. I did not. I liked it. I think and, it was at its best when you had Hager trying to wrestle, or yeah, Hager trying to wrestle Wardlow to the ground, and then uh, Wardlow just picking him up. And powering them out like that i think that's when mm-hmm. it worked best mm-hmm. yeah so eh. anyways it ended up being uh hager got the triangle choke yeah i like to board those defiance of flipping off um jericho didn't tap out passed out that was cool mm-hmm. but then then we had some run-ins we had um sean spears ran in immediately after they they were gonna go for a fist bump mm-hmm. and i don't know if that was legit or if um, Hager was just trying to lure in, or if Wardlow's trying to lure in Hager because Spears comes in, um, knocks out Hager, and then in comes Jericho. So the two second in command, or the two coaches were in there, and then in jumps Sammy. He looks like a million bucks. He's beating everybody up, and then the inner circle run, or no, then the pinnacle runs away. Um, I thought that was really good. Oh, MJF came in, mm-hmm. and I guess the officials had run in, and Dean Malenko's in there, and he's standing up to um, MJF saying, you gotta cut the shit out, and MJF knocks out Dean Malenko. Or, yeah. And this, well, this was, uh, Jericho had, MJF had Jericho in the uh, Fujiwara armbar. Yeah, on his hurt arm. And that's when Dean Malenko came in and told him to stop, because... Jericho and Dean Malenko are friends, as we've seen the their whole interaction with the Man of a Thousand Holds. Mm-hmm. I was so and, hoping Malenko would have put MJF in the clover leaf. <laughs> I don't think he could do. That yeah, anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he hits him, and Jr. Like God bless Jr. In this moment, he says, "Oh my God, he just hit a sixty-five-year-old man with Parkinson's," mm-hmm. or That's- however. Yeah, whatever that, his age is at this point. That's when, um, that's when Jr. is at his best. He can really sell that type of stuff, like this. And they sold it, and mm-hmm. it was almost worth it in the end for this post match. Yeah, this post match was good, and I love that they're you. It shows that they they think quite a few steps ahead of time because now you're looking back at that interaction between Jericho and Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it? Like a month ago? More than that? Yeah. It's leading to this. Mm-hmm. Like this is really good stuff. I like to see that. And props to Malenko for taking a, 
uh, uh, bump at his age and in his condition. So, hell yeah. Absolutely. Dean Malenko is one of the greatest. So, Absolutely. Really good stuff. Okay, then we had... We had a Kaz, Kingston, and Penta promo. This is really a Kaz promo. Um, this... Kaz was really good here. I'm going <laughs> to paraphrase it a little bit. But uh, Kaz comes in there and he starts using, quoting, scripture to to get at Matt Jackson because Matt Jackson's religious. Mm-hmm. He uses his religion against him. Good and he's Christian quoting, voice. Yeah, he's quoting the scripture... Um, essentially saying that he's going to bring the wrath of God down onto Matt Jackson. And he says that he's not a righteous man, but he's hungry for revenge and thirsty for retribution. He's done being a decent man and in decent times and he'll, and he's going to leave the good brothers laying in a pile of their own despair. I was like, Good God, Frankie Kazan. I like that promo. I thought it was really good. It, it was amazing. The whole thing made me laugh though. Cause he's cut this hell of a promo and it's, and I love Pinta, but he just dressed like the Joker standing behind him. It was making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, well, we had Frank Castle and the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he had the skull. He's got like a skull aesthetic going there. Comic book. Yeah. And then Kingston uh, hops on and he says, he tells them to pray their God and hope that he takes their souls because their asses belong to them. I was like, this is cool, mm-hmm. man. Like, this is cool. And then Penta said, uh, Zero Miedo, mm-hmm. as he always does. Yeah, it's the Joker. Yeah, it just like what he. I was like, Dan Kingston's got a really good promo, and he just had Pinto in. I mean, full Joker gear. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, it was funny and it's good. surreal and cool all at the same time. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we had we had a team Taz promo, and it's Taz essentially telling his boys, Cage isn't there, but he's saying, "You guys need to squash your shit with Cage." because it's getting ridiculous, and I'm not going to put up with it. And Hobbs agrees, and he's like, yeah, you guys left me high and dry two-on-one in the ring last week. I almost won, but, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And and uh, Tess says, yeah, you're right, Hobbs, and I'm going to reward your hard work by giving you, by challenging Hangman for you, so it's going to be Hangman versus Hobbs next week That on Saturday. That's going to be awesome. God, that um, can't wait for that match. That how match do you is... think that one ends? I, Hangman, probably. <laughs> Hangman's got to right? win because uh, when he, we get to his promo later, they're still doing the world title where he won't talk about a thing, not to get too far ahead. But So I think they've got to still build up Hangman. I think Cage is probably going to cost Team Taz the match because mm-hmm. he wasn't in this promo. And it's obviously, I think he, what I picture is he, he's going to come out and try to get at Starks, and that's going to cause a bunch of commotion, and that's going to distract Hobbs. And, mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. and then I think we get Hobbs versus Cage at some point. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's the case. I Yes. But I, think that I like right. the idea of Hobbs versus Hankman. It's too young, pure. They're not pure AEW guys, but pretty much pure AEW guys. I mean, they've wrestled other places, but in this, I, I like this type of stuff. Two young guys that we'll definitely see wrestle again in the future, probably for titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's awesome stuff. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, then we had was this the best match of the night? This is probably the best match of the night. Um, uh, was... It may be the best match. My favorite match is is still to come. But yeah, so we had the men of the year versus Darby. That is Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. 
they have they've reworked their um ring music now which is really nice um because ethan page's music never suited him it was mm-hmm. weird and it was a bad song let's be real yeah um scorpio skies was good so they kind of mixed the two of them together or they just sort of remixed um scorpio skies music so that it says men of the year in it and it's a reworking of the of his song and it's really good for them um so did darby need sting apparently so yeah um this match was really good i thought darby was absolutely game here yeah he was bumping all over like just off symbol stuff he was bumping like crazy like that's that's his that's his thing yeah but like at one point ethan pulls him out of the ring and he like goes flying. It was, I was like, dang, but Darby, you didn't need to go that hard on that bump right there. Like that. Yeah, it was a simple breakup of a pin. Mm-hmm. And he Darby got went flying, yeah, flying out of the ring. Um, yeah, this was a great vehicle for Darby um, to show his ill-advised never say die baby faced fire, which, as he said, almost got him killed on a pin breakup. Mm-hmm. Um Page and Sky used the perfect strategy, which was just to wear Darby down slowly with quick tags. They kept tagging each other in. Um, they were targeting the back of Darby. At one point, they cracked off like four or five repeated backbreakers, where it's just like backbreaker tag, and then the next guy would try and one up him by <laughs> swinging Darby around a little bit farther and a little bit longer for a backbreaker, and then he tag in. And the next guy would try and outdo him with an even de- more devastating backbreaker. It was really cool. Um, Paige in particular looked like he was taking a lot of pleasure in just breaking Darby, which, mm-hmm. as we've seen, he's been doing this for years, and he repeatedly tells us that. Um, Darby, he seemingly rose from the dead at one point to give a scorpion death drop to Paige. I like that. Um, I like that then he did he, the death drop. That's cool. He caught his second win, which he's done before in a in a in a handicap match where he he tags himself in, he mm-hmm. goes to the corner and does a little clap, and <laughs> the opponent's like, "What the hell are you doing?" But he he ends up getting the hot tag, and then he go he shoots off like a cannon into them. Um, yeah, it seemed that he, and he ended. He ended up hitting a coffin drop, or no, he he was able to zip tie Paige. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Uh, around his feet, and then sent Paige out of the ring. And then uh, Darby was able to get a coffin drop on Scorpio Sky, and was like, oh my god, is this how they're going to get Darby the win here? Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, you can't bury these two guys. Yeah, I know. Um, that's what I thought too. I was like, oh no, that's, that's not good. But, but then this is where the one-legged Ethan Page rips Darby out of the ring, and he goes flying yeah, into Darby the barricade. launches himself out. I was like, dang, Darby, that was unnecessary. On that. I loved it. Yeah. Like, I want to see you live to 40. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, this wasn't, uh, it wasn't meant to be for Darby. Darby gets, he gets beaten down, hit with the ego's edge. And surprisingly, there was no post-match beatdown or save from we had predicted Archer would be yeah. in there. That was not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you think these guys go next? We definitely, I think we're going to get a solo match between Paige and Darby. And I imagine that'll have 
lots of plunder, no disqualification type match because mm-hmm. these two guys have been killing each other for years. So I think AEW definitely wants that on their TV. And I'd say at one of those big shows in front of fans, Scorpio, I could see yeah. them doing a, a singles match between him and Sting. I know, that'd be crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that going and then kind of in that feud. And then like we had predicted with Proud and Powerful getting the tag titles off the Bucks, their faces, and then they, I could see Scorpio and Page going for the tag titles at some point. I think it's they'd be powerful. really good actually in the tag division. Because mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm now on board with them. And I wasn't at first. Um, I, I am now on board, especially with them being the men of the year. Yeah. They sort of getting their gimmick going a mm-hmm. little bit more. Yeah. Um, maybe they could, this is a complete long shot. Maybe team them up with um, Andrade. I don't know. That's just way out there, but <laughs> that is out there, but it's uh I mean, they kind of have similar gimmicks where it's like, look at me and super suave and stuff, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that would work, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah I, I definitely see a singles match between page and Darby. Maybe a singles match between Scorpio and Sting at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get so this next match. This is one that this is a divisive one. This was People's... my favorite match on the show. I love this match. See, see there you go. People <laughs> either seem to love it or hate it. Yeah. And this was Orange Cassidy versus Cesar Bononi. Um, I'm, I'm all in on um, the the wingman. The wingman now. Like this was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're they're very funny, and I, th- from what I'm seeing online, I think that the wingmen are getting over. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is with a lot of these like weird misfit groups, they tend to get over on being the elite and on dark, mm-hmm. and then they come to dynamite. Or they come to the live crowd and they get big reactions because they have endeared themselves to people on the internet mm-hmm. ahead of time. And I, I, lo- I love Jr. Like he's so perplexed by him. Like why are these guys even hanging out? Like he just doesn't get it. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the. It's part of the joy of them. Mm-hmm. Like they're just they're idiots. They're yeah. They're they're the heel version of the Dark Order mm-hmm. essentially. They, yeah. Like I, I see three of them why they would hang out, but the only one that JD Drake doesn't really make any sense. But I do love his silk like see through shirt. Like that's hilarious. Well, the the part, of the thing, and which is sort of the concept of this match was that they try and take people in and give them makeovers. Mm-hmm. So they took a guy like JD Drake, who's essentially he's a plumber, he's a yeah, plug, blue collar. He's a he's a blue collar badass with zero fashion sense mm-hmm. and like jd drake let's give you a makeover and that's how he ended up getting that shirt i know so and he's worn so it like every they week took, since it's great <laughs> they they took him under their wing to make him pretty mm-hmm. and that's what they wanted to do with orange cassidy but he rebuked their mm-hmm. their offer to give him a makeover because they said that he's dressed like a child yeah um which so he kind of is he dresses to... like my nephew so that's hilarious my nephew looks so much like Orange Cassidy when my nephew's wearing sunglasses and his jean jacket. It's hilarious. Yeah, so this is this is largely a comedy match. We mm-hmm. saw the two goofy factions playing big roles in this. Mm-hmm. So essentially, Benoni would ragdoll Orange Cassidy. He'd throw him around the ring. And Benoni actually, this is funny enough, this is probably his best match. Yeah. 
by a long yeah, shot. Yeah, he looked he great. Looked, he looked good in this. They um, need to book him more with smaller guys like that that can bump all over the place for him so he can show off his power. In yeah, his... Orange Cassidy was bumping like crazy. Mm-hmm. And he takes kicks to the face like nobody I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so he'd essentially, he'd, th- he'd toss Orange Cassidy out to the... Uh, outside the ring to the wingman and the wingman would get their spray tan they'd be spraying spray tan all over his face all <laughs> over his body they were combing his hair they're trying to put like uh the hollywood hunks jacket on him yeah like spraying mist in his face Which and then they would toss him back and wrestled ring. with the jacket on for a little bit that was funny <laughs> um and he come back in the ring and his face is now brown <laughs> <laughs> and and they did that a couple times and it was really effective and but the one thing that I could understand people's gripes with this was in order for that to happen, the best friends would always jump up on the apron and distract the ref mm-hmm. because if the ref saw that he could disqualify them because it was outside interference. Yeah. But I was like, why are the best friends repeatedly doing that? <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those old tropes in wrestling where the yeah, faces the... cause the, the problems that the heels take advantage of. So I understand people's um, people not liking that because there is some belief that you need to that you need to suspend there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But eventually, the best friends have had enough of this, and they start getting involved. They they toss Orange Cassidy with the most enormous tope. Yeah, they like launched he, him, man. He was so, so high up there. I'm glad all four guys were out there to catch him. <laughs> He comes falling down for the heavens on top of the wingman. Um, and then he essentially, Orange Cassie just punches everybody in the face with the orange punch, which is funny. Mm-hmm. And he gets the win. And then afterwards, you have <laughs> uh, Peter Avalon holding holding Cesar Bononi with his flowing hair. And he looks like, uh, what's his name from, oh, what's that movie? With you know, Mark, what is it? Uh, the room? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not hit her. I did not. Yeah, it looked like a so Renaissance like, painting, no! screaming no, holding his dead body, his hair flowing in the wind. It was perfect. It was really fun. Um, I'm yeah, glad I, um, Avalon's found a gimmick that's working because the I remember when they did the librarian stuff and that like those first few shows with librarian, like no one understood. Like, what is this? It was supposed to be extremely ironic mm-hmm. and played for comedy, but people didn't really get it. Yeah, no one got um, it. And it didn't it didn't make a ton of sense because like him with the big robe was funny, but the robe didn't work with the librarian, even though the librarian was a funny gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like he should have been coming out there just in a sweater vest. Yeah. Not the robe. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, I thought they were both funny, but it was like two different gimmicks. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed Peter Avalon's work in AEW, though. I think he's very underrated and very funny. Yeah, he's great, and I that's I'm well, I'm glad this is working so well. Yeah, I'm excited to see it in front of fans to see if uh, to see if I'm right mm-hmm. because their online reception is quite good. Like people are enjoying the Wingman, and I'm hearing other podcasts are enjoying the Wingman as well. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um. Yeah. So next we had a Jungle Boy and Kenny interaction in the back. It's uh, Marvez. He catches up to Jungle Boy. He's trying to get a 
couple words with them. And then we hear beeping and Kenny comes in rolling. He rolls in on a golf cart. He has an obsession with golf carts at this point. <laughs> um, he then tries to neg Jung- Jungle Boy into getting into a fight with him. And to get the to get the numbers game and jungle boy's not going to fall for that but kenny he's at his stupid comedic best here he's like i packed a lunch for this fight i've got a knuckle sandwich for jungle boy (laughs) and another knuckle sandwich for jungle boy (laughs) it's like he's so corny i love it all he has to do is say yeah he's so corny i love it like you are such a dork and it's really funny um it had me in tears and then Jungle Boy's not an idiot, and he just tells him, hey man, I would really much rather beat you next week in the ring for the championship. And then Kenny says, oh, no, no, don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll give you one free shot. I'll give you a free shot. And Jungle Boy's he's like, all right, well, I mean, if you're going to give me a free shot. So he starts taking off his shirt, taking off his, his backpack. But before he can get going, um, Nakazawa hits him in the back with the laptop and then Kenny jumps him, but Jungle Boy, he's able to get the upper hand on Kenny, and he starts screaming. He's like, no, no, stop it. <laughs> and then Nakazawa and Don are able to pull Kenny away, load him into the into the golf cart, and <laughs> before Kenny escapes, he kicks Nakazawa back into, into Jungle Boy so that he can use that as an escape and jungle boy just drops him. Yeah. Um, I loved the kick out of the golf cart from Kenny to Nakazawa. It was like a action movie or something. It's funny. It's like, they would have gotten away anyways. It was just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like sacrifice yourself. Nak. Mm-hmm. It just kicks up towards him, which is, which is good. Which I don't think we mentioned either that on, uh, impact, uh, callus was fired in quotations by impact. So he's, I don't know if he's full time AEW now or what. But. Well, yeah. Well, his uh, his contract cha- his contract status did change. Hmm. So I think he is with AEW now at this point. Okay, that or he's just not the not a VP anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's like executive producer or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah. So then we have then we had a Matt Hardy backstage segment where he's with he's with the HFO. They're talking to, I can't remember who, probably Marvez. And he's saying that essentially he's still mad that he had a handshake agreement with Christian Cage in the Battle Royale. And he turned on him and he's going to, that's why he's been getting his revenge on Christian week after week. And this brings out Christian. He attacks them and then they're able to lock Christian behind a gate or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Lock, lock Christian Cage behind a cage. and. He and Matt Hardy hands him a check and he says, you, you were retired for seven years. You came back, but I'm giving you your early retirement. Here's a check for some money. Stay home. Be with your family. And Christian Cage says, that's not happening. So it looks like we are going to be getting shortly that Hardy versus Cage match mm-hmm. or Christian Cage match. Um, in front of a fan, in front of fans, I think that's going to be really good. Yeah, the fans will really like it that nostalgia pop i missed half of this promo so i didn't know how uh cage uh ended up in that cage at first (laughs) he just attacked them but there's like eight of them so they just pushed him they just shoved him into a locker essentially yeah (laughs) like get in there nerd yeah i did like 
uh, hardy hand and cage like a crinkly old looking chick. Like it was apparently even... it was for like seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> Someone tweeted it afterwards. That's funny. Um, I don't know how people catch that stuff, but good on them for catching that kind of like little detail like that. I think someone just, uh, I think so probably Hardy, in. Hardy, like, uh, probably oh. took a photo of it and tweeted it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we're going to get Hardy versus Christian and then we're probably going to get Christian versus Kenny at some point on one of these big TV shows. We got which, to, which will be good. Um, if they wanted to do a Kenny match at grand slam, that could be Kenny. Nah, that would be bad. I don't want that. It's got to be at the Grand Slam. Well, they could, they could do Kenny versus Christian at the Grand Slam, but anyways, mm-hmm. I think I think every title needs to be defended at Grand Slam. Oh, for sure. That, that's how I would do it. Um, Christian would be a, a good get for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson versus Solo and QT, and I actually really, really like this match. I thought this was really good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I thought it was a really good debut for Brock Mm -hmm. and we've seen that debuts for people is not the easiest thing to do Mm -hmm. so far in AW or anywhere really, but yeah, it's not easy. Sometimes it falls flat. I thought he, I thought he did really well. This match was squarely in the Jim Crockett NWA wheelhouse. Oh yeah. Um, and again, sometimes that, sometimes that worked, other times it doesn't this time i thought it really did um it was again just a really great vehicle to get brock in his first match they were able to uh emphasize his strengths and hide his weaknesses brock who's only 23 looks like he's 45 yeah i said brock is either 26 or 45 (laughs) and i I responded back i was like he's actually 23 yeah no which is fucked. Yeah. He's got his dad's hairline for sure. Which, hey, I'm losing my hair too, man. So no hard fit. I'm not making fun of you. But he he's looks more good. Than, he's more than 10 years younger than me. And I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm mad. Mm-hmm. I'm mad. Um, yeah, he looked quite polished out there for someone that so green. Um, I only noticed maybe one moment where he, one or two moments where he showed his inexperience. Um, otherwise, I thought that, like, for somebody who really only started training, as far as what I can tell, like, almost a year or so ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, this has been real. this is really good. Um, his shoulders in the corner to QT, when he was firing those off, like the jackhammer, like, shoulder blocks mm-hmm. in the corner, I was just like, this is, this is so good. It was... I love how old school guys are able to like electrify with just the most basic moves. Yeah. Like uh QT's selling was over the top, but just the speed and the ferocity with which uh Brock was delivering those shoulders, it just re- it reminded me a lot of Dax. Yeah. Um Dax does that a lot. Um his reversal of QT's crossroads into the DDT popped me hard. I was like, that's, this is excellent. Yeah. His I DDT really was that. really good. I liked his DDT a lot. It was probably the best basic DDT I've seen in a long time. And then we had Brock winning the max, the match with a jackknife pin on, on Aaron solo. 
really nice, look clean as hell. Um, a pinning combination is something that would be, especially one as complicated as that would look, that could be a recipe for disaster for somebody who is not experienced. Mm-hmm. You can kind of uh, show how green they are with the, with the timing. I thought it looked really good. I was really happy to see what looked like an unhappy, disappointed Cody lurking in the tunnel or like sitting in the tunnel watching uh, Arn and Brock celebrating the win. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. I was wondering why he was sitting in the tunnel like that. I don't know if he was just trying to give them their moment or what, but. I, I don't think it was by accident. I think that was, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's a hint at maybe a betrayal of Cody on, on Brock mm-hmm. and Arn. Um, like Arn being the, he's been sort of the father figure to Cody through AEW. And, but now he's, he's left, he's shifted his focus to being the, the obvious father figure for, uh, mm-hmm. for Brock. Um, I think, uh, I think that's cool. And I think using Brock as a vehicle to turn Cody is quite perfect. If that's the road they want to go down the roads, they want to go down. <laughs> um, I was kind of hoping Brock would turn on his dad last night. I don't, it'd be out of nowhere, but I thought it'd be cool if he just sucker punched his dad. Join QT. Someone's turning on somebody because it's mm-hmm. it's Rhodes and Rhodes and Anderson. It's mm-hmm. happening at some point. They've hinted at it n- multiple times, um, and I don't know if you saw it, but on the roads on the road to Dynamite, um, the commentary. I think it was Tony Schiavone said, uh, "Can a Rhodes really trust an Anderson?" And I don't think that's a throwaway line because. Um, Arn Anderson has has been a was a thorn in Dusty Rhodes' side his whole career, mm-hmm. and I think that, uh, but I think it's going to be reversed this time, and I think Cody's going to be the one to turn on Brock. Yeah, because I don't think Brock has the the tools to turn on Cody, but Cody turning on Brock could be uh, very effective with Brock being so young and green, and Cody's supposed to be his mentor. I think that could be quite excellent. Yeah, that'd be good. I'm just going to get a sip of water. <sighs> Got to stay hydrated. I don't know if you guys are having a heat wave up there still, but it's been hot down here for like a week and a half, and I'm ready for to go to Antarctica or something. A little bit off and on, a little bit off and on. Okay, so next we had, this is a, a strange segment, so we had, Jake and Archer, and it's essentially they're in like some alleyway or whatever. And Jake is essentially saying, I can't control this guy. I've tried mm-hmm. him. What do you want me to do? Slap him? There's nothing I can do. Um, he's going to do what he wants to do, and y'all are fucked. <laughs> Pretty and much. Th- that was it. That was, yeah. that was it. That was all. And I was like, okay, fine. Fair enough. Then we had the interview with Andrade and JR. And I thought this was, this was, there's a lot to chew on here. There was very little said, but there's a lot sort mm-hmm. of happening in the background and a lot of speculation. Um, so it starts with a shot of Andrade in his white pinstripe suit wearing a black mask 
that looked a lot like the Black Mask. Yeah. From DC Comics. Yeah, it was cool. Which, um, to me, gave me crime boss vibes. And I've always thought that Andrade looked like his portrayal so far in AW. He looks like a leader of men. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's going to be a quiet leader of people. And I'll get more into that in a little bit, but he he gives this interview in a nice suit, drinking the finest whiskey, delivering each line, mostly in English, with very deliberate confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, JR plays on the fact that he couldn't pronounce Andrade's name <laughs> yeah. the previous week. And he does so again, and Andrade corrects him. JR is Andrade El Idolo, which was really good. That was very self-aware of them, and I appreciated that. Andrade says that he's here because there are many talents, many stars, but he's a superstar. Um, He says that the TNT title and the AEW title are his next goals, and he deserves the opportunity at each of those titles. And then JR asks him about his relationship with Vicky Guerrero. And Andrade says that she understands the business. She's very smart. And that Andrade is a third generation wrestler. And well, Vicky came up with Eddie. And Eddie was he with Eddie Guerrero. And he draws the comparisons between those two families. Mm -hmm. He's like, there's a long lineage of wrestlers in the Guerrero family. There's a long lineage of wrestlers in his family. And that is why he and Vicky have such a great connection together. And he says that, but what he and Vicky have in store, you're going to have to wait because Vicky and Andrade have a surprise for everybody. And immediately everybody's going wild. Like, What's going to happen here? Is he going to bring in Lij from Japan? Mm-hmm. Is he going to bring in Roosh from from Ring of Honor? Um, well, Ingo Bernabe's day AEW is my guess. Yeah, it's a and the mask kind of resembles the look that um, Lij has. Mm-hmm. The one thing is the face of Latinos. There's not actually that early. There is in the original Los Ingernable. Mm-hmm. Um, not De Japan, because he was the only Latino in that group. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's so. I'm thinking he's probably going to bring in some talent from AAA, maybe, because they have that relationship with AAA. I can see that too. Um, or. And this is this is where almost everybody's going with right now is Thea Trinidad, mm-hmm. um, Selena Vega, um, and I'll leave that there for now. More on that later. There's a reason why people are saying that. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's move on. Oh, well, actually, what did you think of this? Segment? I this was really cool. love this segment. He looks like a freaking star. It's. It's just, it's a tale as old as time, but it's just crazy how WWE couldn't do anything with this guy. I mean, he comes across as a star. He is a star. He talks like a star, looks like a star. I mean, he just looked like a mob boss sitting there sipping his whiskey. 
and he just looked awesome. And with that black mask and his pinstripe suit, yeah, it, it, the, the sky's the limit for him. They, they can do no wrong with him. Just let him do what he does, and he'll bring in the money for you. He is money. He's mm-hmm. money. It's it's insane. Like, uh, who knew that all you had to do was let him talk deliberately and put some subtitles on the screen? Mm-hmm. Surprise! Yeah. Like, oh my god. And like, with a mob boss type guy, he doesn't have to talk in front of the fans. He mm-hmm. can talk on the screen, and you can use the subtitles. Yep, yep. It's perfect. Um... Like he's giving, yeah, he's giving me very much Mandarin vibes. He's giving me black mask vibes. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's good shit. I yeah. like it a lot. Um, I do too. Yeah, it's the the face of the face of Latinos leads me to believe that he's going to bring in a few Latinos, mm-hmm. which um, would be cool. Get some of those AAA guys up. Yeah. So then we have Adam Page, and. He's in the back. He's in the the keep, which I believe, I believe that's what they call the keep. It's just their little their little bar mm-hmm. they have. And he's he's with his boys. He's with the Dark Order. Marvez, he uh, he asks him about the challenge from Taz and Hobbs, and he says, "Yeah, I'll face Hobbs. He earned his right to challenge me. He he almost beat us two on one last week, but he's not worried at all." And then he's asked once again about Kenny, and. Once again, he can't bring himself to talk about Kenny Omega, um, to talk about his ex. Um, he instead talks up all the goings-on with his friends in the Dark Order. He talks about how John Silver's shoulder is getting better. He talks about how Ten got the pin in the main event last week. He talks about how Five got a new jacket, and it's all right. <laughs> and then he... And I really love this last moment. It was a really sweet moment where he gives Evil Uno congratulations. And he says, and Evil Uno, and Evil Uno's head drops. And he goes, I lost. And he goes, no, Evil Uno. We need to give you congratulations because you made all of us very proud with your match last week. And then he's like, oh, thanks, guys. And they lift him up on the shoulder (laughs) and they're chanting for Evil Uno. And I just love that Hangman is now the father figure for all these lost boys. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so cute. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, um, I loved everything about this. Love hanging out. Anyone who doesn't see what they're doing with these guys is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it It's so nice to see. Um, yeah, so then we have the next match is Penelope Ford versus Julia Hart. It was great to see Penelope Ford back out there. She has been criminally underused. Um, she will have like a great match and then be held off for months. And mm-hmm. have a great match and then be held off for months. And she's somebody that she seems like she gets better the more you use her. Yeah, for sure. Like she la- she has the talent but lacks a little bit of the connecting. Like she seems a little hesitant sometimes when she doesn't get all the reps. So I think it's She's someone you got to use. And they, I, I don't know if it was because Kip had surgery, so they were holding her off because of that. Yeah. that's but She's more than like it, but we'll, we'll get through the match and then we'll see what they're doing. Yeah, so uh, Julia Hart, um, like Penelope Ford looked really good against a very, very green Julia Hart. And like Julia Hart is like, 
she's 19. She is a graduate of the Nightmare Factory. So, like, that's how green she is. Yeah. Like, very, very recent graduate. And she looked it, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, I can see why they're excited about her. She's almost like Penelope Ford Light, to say that in, like, a very um, respectful way, in that she's got the gymnastic skills, the flipping skills, the cartwheels, the handsprings. So I thought it was kind of a nice way to reflect Penelope Ford's, um, like, skill set. Mm-hmm. They're sort of like a like a mirror image of each other, but like evil and then like the most baby-faced of baby yeah. faces. <laughs> yeah. Looking like she's just beating up the high school version of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, I thought the Penelope Ford's finish her new finisher was was incredible. It's an Indian deathlock. It looks so good. It really suits her. It allows her to be super flexible and mean mug at the camera while she's choking the person out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. Uh, she held the submission for like five or six seconds after the bell, putting Hart unconscious. This brought in the varsity blondes to run into the into the ring to get her to release the hold. Obviously, she didn't. They didn't touch her. They're baby faces. They're not going to hit a woman. Yeah. Um, but this then brought out Miro onto the ramp. And at first he says, Penelope, where's Kip? <laughs> Which I loved. He's like, why is he leaving you out here? Why is this three on one? I can't let you be out here three on one. I am God's favorite champion. God's favorite champion would not allow a woman to be out here alone. And He's like, I, I, I'm going to come down to the ring. And he comes down, he just lays out, he just disposes Griff Garrison. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Pillman comes out of nowhere, off the top rope, clothesline to Miro, and they they start going at it. And Pillman's getting some licks in. Yeah. And then they're pulled apart by the refs. And, I th- and then they announce afterwards that uh, Miro is essentially challenging Pillman. <laughs> next week but he's putting his belt on the line mm-hmm. um and i can't wait i thought that was a really really cool way of setting up a match yeah i like it too do you think um penelope comes out with miro next week oh hmm i don't know did he did he look after her at all after the match she was standing up on the like the entrance way waiting for him or oh, she was standing there then. watching so i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do well, that could be interesting. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he takes um, Penelope Ford, and then that's how Kip comes back. And maybe Miro destroys Kip. Then they finally mm-hmm. have that match. Yeah, I that's actually that would be pretty cool. Actually, that'd mm-hmm. be a cool little mini feud that Miro can just dominate. Yeah, because I find sometimes with these monsters, they move them from feud to feud too quickly. Yeah, they don't have like fillers to. Make them look dominant in between. Yeah, so they end up just, they end up like having the Archer syndrome. Mm-hmm. Archer just goes from big feud loss to big feud loss, and now he looks aimless and mm-hmm. kind of, they've kind of buried him, unfortunately. And they they sort of, Hobbs has looked fine, but Hobbs is sort of, Hobbs and Cage are sort of in the same situation. Mm-hmm. They don't have like a, a feud against somebody a little lesser than them to make them look stronger. You yeah. just jump from feud to feud and lose and lose and lose. 
So I think I think the third hour will help them a little bit with that, so they don't have to just go from loss to loss. For sure. Okay, then we have Britt Baker, and she is she's in the back. She's with Rebel. They're talking to they're talking to Tony, doing their whole DMD shtick, and then she's interrupted by Vicky Guerrero. And she says that uh, she's excited for Nyla to get her chance at taking that belt back from Baker. Baker's like, come on, give me a break. You can't just ask for the belt. You can't just get that. And and uh, Vicky says, oh, no, we're going to earn it. And she says that she has. And she says, Tony Khan owes me something. He owes me a lot because I'm the one who brought Andrade into the company so he owes me a favor and he has given me a match and she said it's going to be Britt Baker and Reba versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero in two weeks and I'm like what and everybody's kind of like what that was so random I was like what the hell what's going on here and but now there's speculation online that as soon as Vicky Guerrero said this as soon as this uh, segment happened. Immediately, Tia Trinidad treated the eyes emoji immediately after this segment, which has people thinking that Andrade and Vicky's secret that they're bringing in might be Tia Trinidad mm-hmm. and that she will replace Vicky in this match as the opponent for uh, Reba and Baker. And if we remember, it was Baker and Rebel who pulled the injury card, which brought in me- Maki Ito in with as Baker's tag partner mm-hmm. against somebody. So like if there's anybody if there's any team that you're gonna do that against, it's Baker who has previously pulled this card. Yeah. The master manipulator gets manipulated. So this is all Twitter. This is Twitter is saying that this is happening. However, this is based off entirely based off of Tia Trinidad legitimately tweeting that out seconds after mm-hmm. Vicky Guerrero said that. Um, so I think there is, I think there's probably some fire to that smoke, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not to do with this match. I think that she's likely involved in this reveal that they're planning regardless this is very fun yeah. and i'm really excited um there's a lot of excitement with this andrade vicky stuff and i like these little secrets and they've said that something's coming so now they've hinted at it this is um this is the type of stuff that's good these are the type of secrets that are good that tnt likes where this is this is an announced um surprise mm-hmm. yeah and we don't know when it's coming, and I think this is a good way of not saying like, oh, we're going to have a surprise person next week. Um, Andrade and Vicky have just said, there's going to be a surprise. Just wait. Yeah, and just... it would be cool for that surprise to happen in a match that you don't have associated with Andrade. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not thinking about it. However, Twitter is. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter's catches already Twitter catches everything, though, so... Twitter Twitter's already on their shit mm-hmm. or is uh fantasy booking this and we're all gonna be very upset. Yeah. That's when uh, only two ways Vicky it could go. When Vicky Guerrero comes out there in a singlet. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> does a, a suplex or something. <laughs> Tries to do the three amigos like Eddie did. Here's the thing: she can't wrestle, so they're not going to. They're gonna. They're gonna pull something here. Like Vicky Guerrero wouldn't put herself in a match. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So something's gonna happen. All right. So the next segment we have, and this was this was fucking awesome. This was FTR versus Santana. Ortiz oh yeah, this was amazing. In a vignette talk talkathon, this was fucking. This is so good. Yeah, I'm so um, hyped for whenever this match is coming. I need it now. I think I think it's the I think it's that Carolina show, but we'll find out. Um, they haven't announced it yet, which leads me to well, actually, they haven't announced any of the matches beyond Miami, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, yeah, this is so good. We had these two teams channeling Dusty essentially, um, try, talking about how each of them have had their hard times coming up, poor and desperate in North Carolina and New York. Um, Cash talked about living out of a car without running water, having plastic walls. Santana talked about watching his mom be abused every which way when he was younger, resulting in him getting involved in gangs and crime. He said he didn't think that he'd last until he was 25 or he didn't. He said he didn't think he would live to 25. Um, He says when they took those masks off at all out, they finally got their validation. Mm-hmm. Um, FDR says that they spend their money lavishly because they never had any money. This is essentially new money for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're proud of it. FDR calls out Santana Ortiz for being there two years and not having any titles to their name, which is valid. And Santana and Ortiz say that they've been carrying the company for two years so that FDR would have options to sign when they got released from WWE. Which was was a fucking baller line to say. Mm -hmm. And then Santana says that you got to be out of your fucking mind um, to tell me that I'm complacent to my face. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, he actually said fuck too. That was cool. They bleeped it out. I was like, (laughs) God damn, these guys just went off on each other. Like, these teams are so, they're the two best promos in the company on the tag team side. Mm -hmm. Um, this match is a dream match. For it's sure. a dream match we didn't even know we wanted. Yep. But as soon as they did the Inner Circle Pinnacle stuff, I was like, this is the match I want to see FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. This match is going to rule whatever they have it. Yeah, this is the highlight, man. This is the highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we got... Uh, then we had a Jade promo, and this was the usual Jade stuff. Yeah. Um, it's her and Smart Mark. They're talking about how they're used a lie how they're utilizing um, on that bitch and yada, yada, yada. Good stuff. But one thing that was interesting, they said that um, they said they're stay, they're staying in a hotel that everyone can stay at. Um, they've got the, they've got the rights to it. It's the Toronto four seasons. And at first I was like, Oh, is this a, a little hint at a future Toronto show? Um, once the, uh, once the travel opens up. And I think that, I mean, they are going to go to Toronto once the travel opens up. Mm-hmm. We know that was a plan. Um, we know that they were planning on it last summer. Um, this was like, Oh, that's awesome. And then I also remember that Tony owns that hotel. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, I've, 
I've gone to dinner in that hotel, like gone for food there, and that that's that is where they were. I recognized mm. the wall. It's a good they food. Were, so it's great food, but it's it's expensive. Too expensive. Yeah. Way too expensive. One of them you fancy can get hotels. food that's just as good for uh less money. Mm. Like it's you're getting it's fantastic, but you're not getting what you paid for, if that makes sense. I got you. Um Yeah, so I thought that was cool and I do think that is hinting at going outside the country to a different show, which is nice. Otherwise, they wouldn't say. Otherwise, why would you say, oh, yeah, when you come to Toronto um, for a show, you can stay at this hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't make sense unless you're planning a show there. I think that's like a cute little hint. Um, and it makes me very excited because I'm from Toronto and, and I'm going to go to that show if I'm vaccinated. So Nice, nice. Fuck yeah. Yeah, they probably um, won't be able to go maybe next till next year or late this year. I would say international. Yeah, um, October at the earliest, mm-hmm. and that's being generous. Yeah. Okay, then we had, then we had the main event, and I don't have too much in my notes here because this was this was Eddie Kaz Penta. Versus Matt and the Good Brothers, and that this was a good match, but I kind of, I'm kind of getting a little bit of diminishing returns with these six man um, matches. That is some form of the Death Triangle versus some form of the Elite for what is going on about four months now. Yeah, yeah, it's you can really tell that this is. The spinning the wheels part. A yeah, lot. this is this is their go to when they just need to get to the next week, mm-hmm. and they've done it a lot. Yeah, like instead of Archer now it's Kaz. Instead of mm-hmm. like Kenta now it's uh, the Good Brother. It's mm-hmm. it's a little much, and like stick. It's like they just stick someone else in that in that role, and it's 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 okay. I mean, like the matches are good. You're never gonna get anything less than a B, mm-hmm. or even a B plus in these matches. Yeah. Good match. Kaz was absolutely the highlight in this match. Yeah, he got new like entrance videos. So I don't know if it's a new song, but entrance gear and all that stuff too. He looked great. Mm-hmm. He looks he looks fantastic. This is the best I've ever seen, Frankie Kazarian, and he's going by Kaz now, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um. The finish was really nice. It had Nick Jackson interfering. He hopped up on the top rope and got the cold spray in someone's eyes. And then there was the finish. But while um, they're in the ring with the uh, with the finish, they they went out to to Nick Jackson and he was cold spraying Frankie Kazarian and just fist bumping in the air <laughs> like he was on the Jersey Shore. Yeah, that was and hilarious. I I pissed myself. Matt got. At one point, like murdered, like everyone hit their finish on him. That part was hilarious, and like Gallows had to pick him up and bring him to their corner. That part made me laugh. That was good. Matt started the match wearing the backwards leather kango with his yeah. hair tied up, and it looked like yeah. short-haired Matt Jackson. Mm-hmm. He looked like such a tool mm-hmm. with that hat. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, this match, I kind of, and this could be also due to the fact that this match was ending at around 12 o'clock, I was checked out. Yeah, I was pretty tired. By the time this match started. It was late, man. Yeah, I had worked all day, and then I mowed right before, like, 
with it starting at um, nine my time and it being so hot, I didn't start mowing until eight. And so that hour before the show, I just mowed and took a shower and I was worn out from the heat. So Mm -hmm. towards the end of this, I was just like, I'm getting tired. I'm so glad starting next Saturday that they're back at their normal time because I am an old man and I like to go to sleep. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, let's take a look. It's funny. We don't actually have many matches for next week, which is kind of concerning. Yeah, it's weird. They haven't announced more. I'm sure they'll announce more through the week. Yeah, because they had... They it looked like they were building this up as a big special event, Unless but they... we only have Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega, which they have been hyping up to yeah. the nth degree. Maybe they'll give this one a lot of time, like forty five minutes or something. I don't know. I don't know how long Jungle Boy can actually go, but I imagine for then a while. we have Hangman Page versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Those are the only two matches announced for next week. Mm-hmm. Again, which is weird, very strange. Whereas they have a bunch of matches announced for the week afterwards. They have MJF versus Sammy Guevara, which is going to knock everybody's socks off. Mm -hmm. That's going to be incredible. Then they have Miro versus Brian Pillman Jr. And they have Britt Baker and Rebel versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero, subject to change, in my opinion. Which, Um, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't put all these matches for the Saturday show. Yeah, they're they're really building up the final um, show in Daly's place. Yeah, they were talking about it's the final Daly's place after eighteen months or something like that, which is cool. They'll probably do a lot of like cool video packages and stuff, maybe, and really hype it up. Yeah, they will come back to Daly's place, but that will be that'll be the last one. Then they're on the road, so that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be yeah. weird watching seeing wrestling in different venues like because all the companies every company is like going to texas for a month it seems like and then (laughs) yeah it's awesome and (laughs) i was saying i was really excited i was saying i was really excited to see them come to places like new york Mm -hmm. like outside of the south they've even the first like year of aw was a lot of places in the south Mm mm-hmm or the first half year, or however long they were they were running, and with the exception of Chicago, mm-hmm. and yeah, they now get... they're now they're coming, and they're they're doing New Jersey just before that New York show. So they'll do New Jersey, and then they're going to do New York. Yeah, I have a friend that lives in New York, and I sent him the New York show, and he's like, "Damn, I just bought tickets to the New Jersey show. Oh well, I guess I'll buy tickets to this New York show too." <laughs> I mean, you might as well. They're like yeah. twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Like it's fuck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I spend more on dinner. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, every night, AEW like, T-shirt costs more than that. Yeah, man. It's like their live show tickets are not expensive. It's, I wonder that's, if that's to these venues. You know, with everyone coming back, they're trying to get these tickets cheaper. They're like, hey, just come out because you know, mm-hmm. people, when people go out, they're going to be like, oh crap, I've missed stadium beer and stadium nachos and like all you get start buying all that stuff and. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it'll be be good shit, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Sorry if you I cannot that. wait for that New York show. It's going to be so, so, so incredible. Yeah, when is it? Is it September? It's in September. Okay, um, cool. I can't remember when. Yeah, I, I just, I I just remember up, September, but, but that's going to be I think cool. it's September 20-something, like 22nd or 23rd. Nice, so it won't be too I far. looked it up because... Uh, 
it's close to a holiday, I think. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Well, Labor Day is the first weekend in September here in the States. Yeah, actually, you're right. It is the, it's here too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that is the first week. I think it's the second, first or second, Mm -hmm. I think is the, uh, the date for Labor Day this year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So next, next week looks great. Um, So next week is a Saturday show. So we will be recording on sunday Sunday, i believe next week Mm -hmm. um so that will be recording sunday releasing monday so you'll be able to listen to it while you're at work which is more preferable than on the weekend Mm -hmm. i understand that but that's it's the way save this one for the uh, for monday work it's fine just listen yeah it's fine (laughs) it doesn't matter when you listen to it Mm -hmm. um just bank it yeah Uh, yeah so follow us on on Twitter at Workrate Podcast, uh-huh. um, we tweet sometimes. Yeah, we gotta get better <laughs> at tweeting. I always like I should have tweeted this, but I just I I did one live tweet last night, which was I hope this Hager Wardlow match is good, and it wasn't. I, was, I did tweet again. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to yeah, do that. Well, these Friday ones have been so late. It's like I don't, yeah, I, I just like, I, I gotta know. focus on watching the the show, or I'll like fall asleep or. Like, dude, stop paying attention because I'm so tired at that point. Yeah, thank God for no my no more Friday shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, next at week's least... Saturday show is eight o'clock, which is going to be nice. Yeah, it's going to be nice. And then once they go back to Wednesdays, like I've been missing the Wednesday shows. It's going to be kind of weird. It's nice to have in the Wednesday. middle of the week. Yeah, no, it breaks my like week it. up because it's like I'm, I'm a big comic book collector, and new comic books come out on Wednesdays. So Wednesdays is like my day, comic book day, and AEW day. It's like always like such a nice break in the middle of the week. All right, so uh, we'll bid you guys adieu. See you. See you next week.